Hey, welcome everyone to Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. Um, now uh, on Spotify for a very the very affordable price of Are You on Spotify? And then also, um, Easton, we're on Apple Podcasts. Yep. So if you have a an iPhone, you automatically have access to this just built into your phone. And next summer is our reality TV show. So uh, no, moving up fast. See. Easton's trying to give me a panic attack um, here on a Monday morning. Um, no, we're going to keep it to the Cross Point Church Scripture Podcast. <laughs> and hey, I really appreciate I know we have at least one five-star rating already on Apple. Come on. That's awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, we thank you for all your um, comments and the way you guys are interacting with the podcast. Because um, that's the whole point of why we do it, is to simply get you guys interacting with Scripture and in a more informed way. So this is not the... We're here to answer all of your Bible questions type thing. This is just a way to look at Scripture in a little bit more informed way. And if you guys, the community, is with us doing it, that's what it's all for, you know. If not, it's just me and Easton in a dark room. Okay, so uh, we, as usual, we take the, uh, we will take your requests, by the way. So if you want to send them in, any verse you are curious about, something you want to hear, um, just send it in. Now listen. Like I said, not the Bible answer podcast. So if you send us a scripture, I may not necessarily answer all your questions about it because I probably don't know. But what we will do is try our best to look at that scripture in context and see if it sheds any light on the questions. It's a little different way of looking at it, but I think it's healthier and and a better way to look at it. So a lot of times when you look at the scripture in context and try to answer some questions about it, it'll shed some light on the mysteries, okay? And that's what we attempted to do in our um, last episode where we took a look at the, it's easier for a rich man to, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. That was the whole point there. We just kind of interacted with the verse a little bit and came to the conclusion that that verse is not centrally about money. It definitely involves it. It definitely makes us look at it. But it's centrally about idolatry and um, where Jesus' place needs to be in our lives. So you don't want to get hung up on thinking this is solely about money. If I just look at this verse hard enough, it'll tell me how much I can make. Because that's a waste of time. It's not what that verse is for. So, interesting. Okay, well today's um, version verse of the day comes from Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And uh, reading from the ESV, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Okay. But you will receive. Okay, now um, for our students out there, what is the uh, context? What is alerting us that we probably, not probably, we really need to know what came before? And, of course, it's the fact that this whole verse starts with the word but. Okay, so that's a huge indicator, man. If you don't know what came in verse seven, you're going to be left out of a conversation. So this is actually coming in the middle of a paragraph type quote from Jesus. And uh, so the larger context is this is in the book of Acts and a lot of your Bibles, mine does. We'll go ahead and let you know the full um, title of the book is the Acts, A-C-T-S of the Apostles. Okay, not the A-X-E. That would be an interesting book. But this is the ACTS of the Apostles. These are the things the Apostles did right after Jesus rose from the dead. Okay, And we know that because um, when we go to our larger context, so this is in chapter 1, so it's right at the beginning of this record of the Acts, the first Acts of the Apostles. And it actually picks up 
um, after a greeting where Luke, the same guy who wrote the Gospel of Luke, explains to his audience or his the guy who sponsored the reading, the writing of the book, or to just general Christians, it's a big mystery. In the first book, O Theophilus, that's chapter one, verse one. Um, people are say, you know, Theophilus means lover of God. So, um, is it? just addressed to Christians in a fun way? Is it actually to a guy named Theophilus? Um, we don't know. It's nice to think about, but we don't know for sure. Um, in the first book, meaning the Gospel of Luke, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. I love that Jesus began to do and teach. So um, in Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus was just getting started until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, okay? What's nice is that's our context. That's exactly what we find Jesus doing in these verses. Um, He's giving commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles before he's taken up into heaven from where he will return. Verse 3, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. I love that the Bible claims this, just as a side note. I love this claim here because it's big and juicy. It's historical and black and white and so much different than a few guys out in the desert fasting thought they saw Jesus after he died. That's not what Christianity claims at all. Christianity claims here in verse 3 that he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Now, your skeptical neighbor still might go, well, I still don't believe that. And that's fine. There are no drop dead, when you read this, you have to believe in God proofs in the Bible. There aren't. But what I love is this is the kind of claim you would make if you really were saying, look, I saw that this guy was crucified. He died. I witnessed it. He rose from the dead and like appeared to me and not just me and a couple of my friends, but lots of people. And he, and he's, he's alive. He's God. He rose from the dead. He's alive. That's what I'm telling you. This is the kind of big juicy claim you would make if you really believed what you were saying. So it's not just a hazy, you know, one day I, I thought I maybe had a vision. No, it's like, dude, he appeared, he proved to us. And it was over a period of 40 days. And he was not just appearing going, I'm alive, but he's speaking about the kingdom of God. All right. So verse four then, and while staying with them, (laughs) do you see that? He's like, he's camping out with them. This is all right. And while I'll get off that. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. Here's a, this is big for our context. So all these apostles and the ones he's instructing about the kingdom of God, this is the original audience. He instructs these, this original audience to stay in Jerusalem. No, don't leave Jerusalem. But wait, now why would they leave Jerusalem to go out on their mission? Okay, He says to them, if you guys have read the, the back end of the Gospels, Jesus tells them, go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of every nation and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So that's the great commission. That's what he sent them out to do. And that's what we're still doing, which I love that part too. But again, Easton, stop, stop getting me distracted. I'm trying to just stay on. Sorry. Okay. So uh, that's what they're supposed to do, and that's what we're still doing. We're still um, spreading the Great Commission, the gospel, which is neat. Um, back to verse 4. You heard from me, okay? Don't leave until you get the promise of the Father. The Father promised you something through Jesus, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. All right? So there's the promise. 
Verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked him, this is very important, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So if you guys read through Luke, I'm just trying to keep it to Luke. It's in all the Gospels to some degree, but I'm trying to keep it to Luke since Acts is the uh, sequel to Luke. Um, if you read through Luke, you'll notice that here and there, the disciples are always going, Jesus, we know, okay, we believe you that you're the, the, you're the Messiah. You're the one that God promised to send to make Israel the people of God again and defeat our enemies and show everyone that we're your chosen people. So are you going to do that now? And by do that, he they thought what he was going to do is kick some Roman butts and get them out of Jerusalem and then restore Jerusalem as like the capital of the world and then rule, you know, the people of God, Israel would rule the world from Jerusalem uh, based on the fact that King, that King Jesus had come as the Messiah to restore them to power. And they're not, that's not just some Looney Tune thing they came up with. I mean, those, those are the promises throughout their Old Testament. And what's, what is so wild though, and I wish I had time for it all, but I don't, is that Jesus came and fulfilled so many of those prophecies in this like subversive, they weren't looking for it this way, where it turns out to be even better than that because it included that these Gentiles who basically the disciples are like, get them, you know, they've always gotten us, get them, conquer them, put your foot on their neck. Jesus is like, you know what, instead of putting our foot on their neck, we're going to conquer them by loving them and welcoming them into the kingdom. So it was like, wow, you know, God stuff. We want him to do human stuff, and he wanted to do God stuff. So here in verse 6, the disciples revisit that for the last time. They're like, okay, Jesus, you were crucified. You rose from the dead. Surely now you're ready to kick some butt. Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And in verse 7, Jesus says something very instructive for us, and it leads into our verse. He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. <laughs> what, what an answer, man. You know, when's the kingdom coming back to Israel? And, of course, th- there's huge instruction for all of us out here, like me. I love Bible prophecy. I want Jesus to come back. Okay? I love that stuff. And it's good stuff, and it's in the Bible. But the times and seasons, do you see this? Did you guys know that Jesus spelled it out like this? It's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. So, pretty interesting there. Especially for a lot of the books that comes out these days, all right? All right, so when someone tells you they know when he's coming back, you just go, Acts chapter 1, verse 7. All right, so he tells them that, look, basically he's redirecting their attention. And I promise this is leading, this is the context of our verse. He's redirecting their attention. They're like, okay, the kingdom. And he says, it's not for you guys to know that. All right? End of story. Verse 8, that's where the but comes from. Okay? You guys want to know when I'm going to restore the kingdom to Israel, and I'm not going to tell you that. But verse 8, here's what I do need you to pay attention to. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So it'll be God's power in you. I'm not going to make you into super people. I told you I would send, you know, the Holy Spirit to be your helper. He'll stay with you forever. It's God living in you and through you. So he'll come upon you. You'll receive power only then. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. All right. So what is Jesus trying to say to his original audience? They're like, conquer, sit on a throne. We are going to be the kings of the world. And Jesus is like, no you know, or to some degree, not yet. 
Instead, the Holy Spirit is going to empower you because you're going to go out through the whole world, not conquering, but witnessing to me. So important. Such powerful verses here for the Christian church. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And then verse 9, so we can keep in with the context. And when he had said these things, and they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Okay. So what we have here is a a double take. At first, uh, the disciples are like, Jesus, when's the kingdom coming? And Jesus has to take their attention and turn it to the mission instead. No, forget about the king, the restoration of the kingdom to Israel. I need, and he pushes their chin over. No, I need you to pay attention to the fact that I'm going to empower you by my own Holy Spirit. And I need you guys to go throughout the entire world witnessing, telling them what I have done and who I am. Okay. And then Jesus goes up and disappears from their sight, and they stand there gawping up at the sky with their mouths hanging open, just like you would, just like I would have if I'd been there, not making fun. And then they, and then angels come, and they, and they turn their chins back to the the thing again. Do you notice that they're like looking up to heaven? You know, Jesus, where'd he go? And the angels turn them like, nope, stop paying attention to that. When Jesus decides to, he'll be back. So you don't need to look for him. You need to do what verse eight says. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, as usual, there's tons of questions, you know, well, the Holy Spirit came upon them. What would that mean? What does it mean to be a witness? I know. I get all that. But I think at least for our verse here, um, the context has shown us some very important things and shed a lot of light on just the particular mission of the church here. And then when you go reading throughout the rest of the New Testament, Um, you'll notice that when you gave your life to Christ, when you said, Jesus, you know, I am a sinner. I am a part of the problem, and my pride is destroying my life. Please forgive me for my sin. I know you did because you died on the cross. You paid the price, and I want to belong to you. I want to belong to your kingdom. I believe your promise. Help me, and Jesus comes into your life. What we mean by that is that Holy Spirit comes upon you and empowers you and gives you new life so that you can love God, but also so you can be his witnesses. All right. And you'll say, well, that's your opinion, Josiah. And I, that's fine, but go looking through the new Testament and you'll see that general theme that Paul, especially if you go through his letters, he's, he's saying, God has saved you for a reason. He's brought you into the kingdom because he loves you and he wants you to be one of his witnesses and his Holy spirit is empowering you. So you can do that. So if you've wondered as a Christian, sometimes I do, you know, we're looking for Jesus in this verse. It's neat because, at least in my Bible here, the these words, our verse is in red because Jesus is saying them himself. So this is what he did. Do you notice that? This is the shape of his life. So if you watch through Luke, Jesus goes throughout um, Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Okay? He goes through those three places, witnessing to all the Father is and does. So that was his life. He did the same thing. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, Jesus went 
throughout these places, witnessing to the Father, to his love, to what he's like, and to his kingdom. And then, that's, so you noticed at the beginning of Acts, it says this is all Jesus began to do and say, because he, he does it with his disciples watching him, and then he's killed, pays the price, destroys the devil through his crucifixion, destroys his power. Then he's, he's raised from the grave. He sends that Holy Spirit, and he goes, you guys need to keep doing what I've shown you. You guys just need to keep doing what I was doing. And I love that because then you don't have to wonder, you know, what's my main mission as a Christian? What did Jesus, how can I keep my eyes on Jesus? Well, what was he doing? And are you doing it? Are you a witness to Jesus in all that you say and do and in your life? Does your life show that you're a part of a different kingdom than this world? Do you have different priorities than the people around you? Are you willing to let a lot of things go because you know your kingdom is in heaven? You don't have right now. You're just on a mission. You're living a mission lifestyle because you know that your your inheritance is secure with God, and it just goes on and on from there. Okay, so wonderful verse from Acts. Um, Acts is a great accessible book, um, especially with the tools that you're learning on this podcast. If you go through it. And you just keep saying, okay, context, context, context. It can really help you with a lot of stuff. Here's one way is that in Acts, the Old Testament, a lot of Old Testament promises get quoted. And the best thing you can do is go back and look up those where those quotes come from. And when you go back and look them up, so if it quotes like um, eight verses from Joel, which it does in chapter two, go back to Joel and don't just read those verses. Read the whole chapter. And then when you do, read the whole book. Read the whole book of Joel and see if you can't get the flavor and the uh, and the idea. And then you're like, oh, this is being brought over into the New Testament and fulfilled. Okay. And it just goes on from there. There's lots of good stuff like that in Acts. All right. That's it for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for getting your Bibles out and uh, underlining, highlighting, and making notes. And just, um, you know, we need to dedicate ourselves to the Scripture. We need to dedicate to ourselves not to arguing with it and slapping your immediate family around with it, but instead getting into it and uh, understanding context and just doing the best we can, okay? None of us understands all of it, and God's not calling you to be a Bible scholar, most of you, but um, he is calling us to do the best we can and understand what we can. All right, so it's been great to be with you again. Um, Comments, welcome. Questions, welcome. Um, J-S-E-R-R-A at thecrosspoint.com now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. See you next time.